All right, so welcome everybody to part two of the Deep In Your Practice series. And today is all about actually going from a shallow to a deep practice, what that means and how to go from just knowing how to do poses and do different techniques to why and when to do them and the effects that they have and how to utilize like all these amazing resources that we have of yoga practices from a 3000 plus year old tradition. Uh, so it's not just like going through the motions. So I wanna just hear everybody's voice though before we get started, give you all a chance to check in. Uh, anything that's come up in the past couple of days since the last training or anything that you're wanting to bring into this experience today, intentions you have or questions or comments you have. So uh, Michael, if you'd like to start us off. Uh, you're on mute. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, hi. Um, I suppose that's me, but actually I'm using my uh, husband's computer. So okay. he's my hope. <laughs> and uh, I'm Nadia. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Uh, any things, you, intentions for today or questions or anything about today? Well, first of all, um, it's quite a miracle that I'm able to be here tonight. Um, I missed last session and I watched the replay this morning, actually. And um, I'm in Madagascar, so the time difference is major. It's nine o'clock here in the evening. And um, my intention for this, this is the first time I'm doing something like this, actually. Um, is to, I only have one word in my mind for the last year is growth. Mm. Beautiful. I don't know how that's going to look like, how it's going to become a reality. I don't know, but I just, I want to grow. Great. I love that. Thank you. And then I'll have you pick who's going to go next. Oh, uh, well, the next name on my screen is Stephen. Okay. Stephen, are you able to talk? I am able to speak. Uh, any intentions you're bringing today? Um, been, uh, yeah, I, I really need to stay present here. I really need to. Just a, it seems like a lot's happening at light speed and just to uh, stay present and uh, perhaps slow down. That's probably just, you know, juggling this and that and things pop up and just surrendering to that and Taking long, slow, deep breaths just to just to bring the energy down because I feel myself getting anxious or moving and oh well you know I might be missing something so Great. yeah just to really stay present because just slow it down. This Thank is, you. Yeah. And who's gonna go next? 
see here. Can I pick? Yeah. Was there anyone from my training on here by any chance when I did that with you? No. <laughs> Kelly, you look like you're it's Kelly Scott Reed. For some reason, your picture popped up. Hi. Thank you, Stephen. Take it away. Um, I think I'm feeling you right now because I have to stay focused myself. I'm a, I'm a I'm so ADHD for real. I'm <laughs> not just naming myself that. So it's a little bit of an effort. Um, however, uh, my intention really is to just kind of enjoy the ride. I tend to, when you're someone who has anxiety or ADHD, you're always kind of thinking into the future. So it's really, especially last time we were together, I don't think I've sat that long and paid that close attention in a long time. So I really enjoyed that ride and I'm planning to do the same today. So that's mm. my intention. Beautiful. I'm going to need glasses to see who goes next because <laughs> I can't read that part. I am going to say, is it Eva or Iva? I don't want to mispronounce your name. It's, it's both. Oh, <laughs> you're next. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think my intention for today is very simple. Um, it's just to investigate and yeah, see what's there. Awesome. Okay, who's next? Um, Karen, is that right? What? Did you say Karen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if this qualifies as an intention, but I just wanted to share with you all something strange that happened this week that um, really made me know I was in the right place in this class. So I think last week I talked to you, um, I said that my, my students, I'm a teacher, my students are mostly elderly and they're, they've been afraid of yoga and um, just everything. What does that mean? You know, and um, first of all, I hope I didn't sound dismissive of them last time. I didn't mean to, but so anyway, they have not wanted to know anything else about yoga other than just how do I stand and where do I move my arms until all of a sudden this past week, they started saying, can you tell me more about this? And can you tell me more about that? I just thought it was the weirdest synchronicity that I happen to be in this class. <laughs> That's great. Well, thank Let's you for see. sharing. Let me, let me get back um, over here. How about Jesse? Guys, um, the last time I saw you all, I was uh, on my way to a weekend, a family trip. And I just got home from that family trip. Actually, I took a night train. So I'm very tired and I need I think the, the intention I have in mind is like actually the opposite of, of down. I, I need up. I need like levity and lightness. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm gonna focus on. Great, thank you. Um, Laura, have you gone yet? Yeah, so um, I just think that's kind of ironic that Jeremy disappeared because I was about to say something similar. It's feeling like pulled in different directions, a little bit similar to um, 
Stephen was saying before, like my attention's just being pulled all over the place. And I feel like I'm about to go jump up myself because uh, I've just been at work for the last couple of hours and um, everything overran. So I've just dived onto this call. And now the cat, we can probably keep seeing the cat, is, is desperately wanting my attention. Um, at the minute, he seems to want affection. Uh, but it's about his tea time as well. So I feel like I need to go and jump up and go and feed him. And I need to do some notes from the sessions that I was just doing. And I just, yeah, so this feeling of attention being kind of pulled in all different directions at the minute, um, which is interesting because my intention from setting last time was very much around that, about focusing attention and um, clarity. So it's interesting that that's another line in the opposite mm. direction. <laughs> Thank you. Who's next? Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, is is Katty there? Uh, yes, you can hear me. Yeah. 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 Um, my intention is to uh, see how this ties to the first class. <laughs> Great. And who's next, Katty? Well, is there one left, Michael? Or uh, Michael, that, she already went. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. So Mary, I guess I'll have to pick now, so I know he's left. So Mary, go ahead. <laughs> Hi, I missed I missed the first session, so I'm excited about this one, and I do intend to go back and and um, and watch that. And I apologize for the dog in the background, if you can hear that. And um, so today, I just want to learn that my intention is to learn something new. Yeah. Beautiful. And then uh, Terry is last. <laughs> um, for me, it's just to enjoy today's session and to really engage as um, the first session was really enjoyable. And I really hope that this continues to be just as great as the first one. And so it's exciting for me. Very simple. Oh, great. Awesome. Well, thank you all for being here. And uh, my intention as I share in the manual is today, I want to share some tools for you to be able to recenter, get clarity and focus whenever you need that. And uh, we all need it every day, really. Uh, and then I'll share some lesser known methods of techniques that you might know, you might have, you might not have experienced them in yoga classes. These are things that I didn't learn in yoga classes or yoga trainings, but I integrate them because uh, they're so valuable. I learned from like body workers and doing physical therapy training and things like that. And getting a better sense for like knowing a when to do poses so that you have this resource of like, I want to do yoga, but I have a busy day and all this stuff going on. Like, what is something you could do to recenter uh, and get back to like, get that at least the essence of your practice in a busy day or in a busy moment or a tense moment. And then I'm going to give you some experience going outside of your comfort zone as well, doing something some of you have experience with, some of you don't. So it'll be kind of fun to explore that. And then clarities of your strengths that you have in your practice now and that's sometimes actually the harder thing to see is like i'm actually pretty good at that and to own that and to like acknowledge that part of yourself and then the opportunities to grow of like what areas are there to grow 
and then tying into Thursday's class in two days about these 10 specific skills to develop and the whole roadmap of things. But today is just kind of getting embodied and present in like what is there in your body. There's Lakshmi in the background, my cat, she just walked by. She just saw her. <laughs> He's big yeah. now. Yeah, it's, it's a girl. Yeah, she's full grown. Um, <clears throat> yeah, she'll probably be walking by as we practice. But I uh, remember you know, when she was a kitten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And some of my uh, yoga videos on my site, you can see her. She's just a little baby. Uh, but you know, you're having a good practice when your animals want to be by you. <laughs> so I'm going to move over to camera two and we'll get onto our mats and start practicing. So it's kind of weird looking at yourself from the side like this. <laughs> uh, so we're just going to get into it and um, <clears throat> I'm going to guide us through this first bit. So just find a comfortable seated posture. And I always like to teach in a way that you don't have to look at the screen if you don't want to, but it's there if you want to. And uh, if you prefer to be laying down, that's okay too, right? This is your time, your practice but giving us this time to settle in. So this feeling of dropping into this time to practice. And allow your attention to lower from your head and thinking down into your body, your heart, feeling. I'm gonna mute everybody else just so there's no background noise. And begin to take slightly longer exhales. So normal inhale, longer exhale. Notice if there's any tension held in your body anywhere. And if that can soften. All tension in your body is neurological. You feel it physically, but it's neurological. So to really relieve tension, the fastest, most effective way is to activate your parasympathetic nervous system. The slightly longer exhales is the fastest way to do that. And you might feel a sense of sort of dropping down and into your body. And you might not, that's okay. You just notice what you feel. And from here, I'm gonna invite you to just move intuitively. I'll give some suggestions, but this is really a time for you to explore what would feel good for you. So you can move into a side bend here if you'd like. Again, you can follow along with me. You can do your own thing. My ego will not be offended if you do something totally different than what I say. This is your time. 
And you might explore movements. You might explore staying still in poses. If you're doing one side bend, you might go to the other side. So let go of any expectation of this being like a yoga class where you're supposed to follow what I'm saying. This is more like a, a space. I'm just holding space for you to do your practice. And you might explore some spinal movements like cat cow, but sitting. So there's flexion and extension of the spine. It's kind of moving your spine any way that feels good. You might move your neck around. that saying like dance like nobody's watching like that's kind of the goal here practice like nobody's watching it doesn't matter what you do how it looks right now and you're on mute so you can make weird noises or whatever you need to do and maybe now you want to move over to hands and knees and explore some movements from here through your hips and shoulders Spine, neck, either moving, holding still, whatever feels good for you. All right, so from here, I'm going to just say the poses and movements as if it's a class, but just know, again, it's all just an option. You can do something totally different. You will ease into down dog, bending one knee at a time. Notice the energetic effects of what you're doing. How does it feel in your body? Not just physically, but mentally. What are you noticing? Sensations in your body, edges of tension in your body. And if you're feeling a lot of tension anywhere, you can use the long and a breath again, the slightly longer exhales, because all tension is neurological. So we're really, the effect we're going for is the parasympathetic nervous system being active today, or at least in this part of the practice. Maybe you walk up to the front of the mat, standing forward fold. The knees can bend a lot. Just kind of hang out here, allowing your body to be heavy. Your neck to just let go. And hands to the floor or blocks and very gently, slowly bend one knee at a time. 
feeling into your outer hips, IT band area, TFL, outer glutes. So one knee bends, the other straightens, and you can hold or move dynamically. your uh, hands down to the mat, step back to a low lunge, left knee is down, right knee is over the right ankle, and slowly move into a lunge, hips forward and down. And you could stay still or make this dynamic as well, moving back to half splits in and out of the two poses. So generally I find dynamic movements are better in the morning and you're typically more tense because it allows uh, your muscles to warm up into deeper stretches and if you want to hold somewhere along the way you can hold there a couple moments and i find the static stretching holding a pose tends to be a little safer more sustainable more effective in the evening after your body's been up and moving throughout the day. And especially when you get to that time before bed, you start to be more restful. You really open up into some of the more static poses. Come back to lunge and bend the back knee. Now, as always, if there's any knee sensitivity here, you could put a blanket under your knee and uh, make sure there's no pain in your knee. If you want to reach back and grab your foot and do that. If you want to be doing lizard pose instead or something totally different, you could do that. So you're you're winning at this yoga if you're listening to your body, if you're doing what feels good for you and what your body needs today. And if you're grabbing your foot, let that go. And we'll move into a malasana, a low squat at the front of the mats. So this sequence I'm leading us through is gonna be low to the ground, simple. And I know a lot of you are more experienced, so I'm not going to say a lot of the beginner cues. We'll move into the low lunge on the other side, right knee back and down. Again, static or dynamic, whatever feels more beneficial for your body right now. Deep practice does not mean necessarily extreme ranges of motion, right? or what we sometimes think of as deep stretches. You can be very distracted doing deep poses. 
you can be very present doing very simple poses. Right? So range of motion is not equal depth necessarily. And again, if you want to hold on one of these sides or one of these versions of this, you can hold there. Back to the lunge and again, bending the back knee. You might just stop there. You might reach back and grab your foot. If you feel any pain in your knee, you've gone too far. Good general rule is you don't wanna feel anything in the joints in yoga, especially when you're in stretches with a deep range of motion. And if you're grabbing the foot, we'll let that go. And turn out to one side in a wide-legged forward fold. Again, any variation here. Notice your breath. Could you allow every pose to be as simple and easy as the sitting we did at the very beginning? And we'll start to bring feet together, about hips width apart. Again, we're in this standing forward fold, Uttanasana. Knees can bend. And if you'd like to interlace your hands and bring your arms overhead, to make sure even in short practices that we get most of the movements of the body in the sequence. It's a well-rounded practice. And lower hands of the floor and move down to your stomach. Hands on your shoulders and we'll do this motion for the shoulders where you bring your hands to tented fingers, elbows over your wrists. And on your inhale, you lift up like a low cobra. Your exhale, you turn your head to your right and your left shoulder comes down towards the ground. <clears throat> so this is a rotation of the shoulder and inhaling to center, exhaling to the other side a couple times. So you might feel this in your shoulder, your wrists, your forearms.
I think one aspect of a deep practice is knowing all the movements, the major movements of the body and tending to them regularly. Most yoga classes, we do just a ton of hamstring stretching. Uh, that's just one muscle group. So I wanna make sure we address all of them. And we'll come back to the center and any version of cobra or up dog here this is spinal extension, a movement we haven't done yet in this series. Could be Sphinx pose as well. Allow your attention to drop into this sensation of this shape. Nowhere else to be right now. even if your dog wants to go outside. And then we'll move into hands and knees. Tuck your toes to sit back onto your heels. Notice the blood flow shift there from being low to being upright. Everything has an effect. If we move too fast, that could be a little disorienting. Maybe you feel a little more alert when you're sitting up like this. Uh, if it's too much on your feet, you can always lean forward. Come over to hands and knees to go down to the tops of your feet. And again, sit back to your heels and lean back to lift your knees. So this is now stretching the front of the ankle and tibialis, the shin muscles, which is another uncommon stretch in yoga practice. This is Holding and so not a dynamic stretch. And back up to hands and knees, and this time point your fingers back towards your knees, palms down. And stretch into the wrists and forearms here. You might lean back or to one side or make this dynamic moving around, exploring where this feels best for you. One more variation of this, where your fingers point back towards your knees, but your palm is facing up. And I usually do this with one hand at a time because it can be a little more intense and vulnerable for your wrist. So it's stretching the other side of the wrist and forearm, which is again, less common in yoga practices usually. 
If you're doing one side, switch to the other, same thing. And we'll go back to hands and knees and just sit back onto your heels. Just kind of relax for a moment. Just kind of shake out your wrists and hands, loosening up any tension there. And we'll move to sitting on the tail. So you have your knees bent. And now this is something very uncommon in, in practices. I think very important. So what we'll use is a version of PNF stretching or proprioceptive neuromuscular feedback, PNF, where you use the proprioception, your awareness of body and space to get neuromuscular feedback, your mind and muscles connecting. So, okay, that's the limit or that's the activation there. And then it'll allow your hamstrings to open up a little more. And this can be used on any body part, any muscle. But here to do this, we'll move down to our backs and have your heels dig in to the mat, kind of like a bridge pose. But rather than focusing on just lifting your hips up and bridge, you're pressing your heel down and it's like you're trying to move your heel in towards your tail but the floor is in the way. So when you're doing this, you'll feel your hamstrings are activating. You can even feel with your fingers, the muscles contracting. And this is especially important for us as yoga practitioners to do or do some sort of hamstring activation like this regularly uh, because so much yoga asana is stretching the hamstrings. So you feel the activation, that's what we're going for. You're just feeling the contraction of the hamstring, digging into the ground and digging the heels in. And then we'll let that go and just relax your back for a moment. And now bring your right leg in, Supta Padahastasana, but you might just hold behind your thigh, extending your leg straight up. You might have the proportions where you can grab your big toe that's that's more about just uh, your proportions of your skeleton than it is flexibility. Uh, either way, just a stretch now for the hamstrings, which when you do that contraction first, the muscles are more able to stretch. There's a lot of principles behind that, but that's the short version. And then we'll let that leg down and switch to the other leg. So same thing, stretching left hamstrings now, where we just contracted. And maybe you grab the big toe or the foot or anywhere on the leg. And we'll let that go and we'll do that contraction thing again. So heels digging into the ground, hips lifting up, like you're trying to slide your heels back towards your tail, but the floor is in the way. 
and your glutes activate here. So then you know the functions of the muscles, you know what muscles should be active in any pose. The function of the glutes is to extend the front of the hips, the hip flexors. It used to be common in bridge pose, people would say, don't activate the glutes. Well, it's anatomically impossible. <laughs> so what your glutes have to do to, to get into bridge shape. And we'll let this go. And once again, the hamstring stretch. Supta padahastasana, supine hand to foot pose, or you might be grabbing your leg instead of the foot. I always think I want to be practicing for the rest of my life. So I don't care if I can't do something today. There's some tension or limitation. Uh, it'll probably go away within a few days. There's some tension today. And it's much better to just be slow, steady, consistent, and do a little bit each day. And we'll switch to the other side. And some days you know, things are very open, some days they're not. All right, and we'll let this go and hug both knees in for either staying there or happy baby or some version of that. And maybe you want to just more do more dynamic thing or you extend one leg at a time. And soles of your feet together in supine bound angle, Supta Baddha Konasana. Feet together, knees apart. Now, this is another very uncommon thing in yoga classes to strengthen your adductors, to contract your inner thighs. Very rare in yoga poses, we have to kind of build it in. Uh, and that's important because we can overstretch this area uh, and we want to not just stretch all the muscles, we want to build strength and flexibility for optimal muscle function. So anyway, to activate this, we'll just have our hands rest on the thighs and bring your knees together, but resist with your hands. Now there's another way to do this. If you have a block nearby, you could put a block between your thighs and squeeze the block. But if you don't have a block, just pressing your hands on your thighs is great. And you might feel a little trembling in your legs here. You might feel a little awkward to try to resist here. If you've never done this before, 
Uh, these are muscles are very important to pelvic floor health, especially if you've had a child, you've given birth, and, uh, maintaining pelvic floor health becomes even more important as you age. And this is one way to help strengthen the inner thigh muscles to support that. And again, you just let it go. So maybe you feel a little more open, a little easier to stretch, but it, it's really more of that neurological thing, like your body's activated the muscles, got mind-muscle connection, and then they can just relax. Bring knees back together, feet on the floor, and we'll do that same thing with the hip flexors, the front of the thighs. So your knees come in towards your body, but your hands push them away, and you're creating resistance here. Your knees are trying to come in towards your belly, and your hands are trying to push your legs to be straight. And you end up kind of holding in the middle where both uh, there's like equal activation from pushing the legs away and trying to bring the knees in. So this is another example of PNF stretching. All right, okay, we'll let that tension go. Roll over to your right side. You use your right arm as a pillow, either on your arm or your hand. <clears throat> and bend your top leg to grab your foot. So you kind of do like a half bow pose here. But you have a lot more control at this angle if there's any knee pain or anything. Do less. Uh, but the focus here is to open the front of the left hip hip flexor that we just activated. And you can do a little spinal extension as well, like a back bend. Emphasize that. And we'll let that knee down to the floor. And the other knee, grab that foot. And similar kind of thing here. I like to do this where you turn your hips a little bit more down towards the ground and try to get a little more extension in your spine like you're doing a cobra pose almost uh, but your right arm doesn't move to do that you just get a little more extension in your spine and a little more opening in the front of the right leg with every pose you might feel this more somewhere else depending on where your body's holding tension. And if there's a lot, use the long enough breath, the longer exhale. Relieve the neurological tension. The only way a muscle can relax is if your brain sends the signal to relax. 
it's hard to do that if, the, if your mind's really uh, focused on other stuff or uh, not feeling the sensation of the pose. You just bring awareness to the pose and your breath. And the slightly longer exhale is enough. And we'll let this side go. And we'll come back to laying on the back once more. That, again, that activation version where knees try to come in, you're pressing into your thighs, pushing the knees away. And we'll let that go. Roll onto your left side. And bend the top knee first, like a half bow pose, grabbing the leg. If there's any knee pain, you can just skip that part. You don't want to feel any pain in the joint. And we'll let the right knee down to the floor, bend. The left knee, grab your foot. And you might turn your hips more towards the ground. Find a little bit of extension in your spine, like you're lifting your heart. Maybe even activate your left glutes. Because again, when you know the function of each muscle, you know for the left hip, front of the hip to open, the left glute being active makes that way easier. And we'll let this go to move down to your stomach. And either to some version of cobra again, or bow pose, if your knees are feeling okay today. Grab both feet. And again, active glutes allows the front of the hips to open. a principle called reciprocal inhibition. Short version is, you know, the function of a muscle, you know, when to contract it to let other things open up more. 
Now let this go and just rest on the belly. Turn your head to one side or stack your hands, rest your head there. And just notice the energetic effect of this pose. Being belly down on the ground. Yes, this is actually a pose. It's called crocodile pose. And we'll move back to hands and knees. Over to sitting. Or if you want to be laying down like Shavasana, you can. I'm going to move into a little meditation practice. And of course, if you want to do something completely different, do that. I only suggested meditation because we're going to be talking more today and doing some discussion. Uh, but if you really want to kind of chill out, go into deeper rest, then Shavasana is fine too. But again, notice your breath like when we started. Notice how you're feeling. Whatever is present. Maybe there's tensions. Maybe you feel light. Maybe you feel heavy. And if it's helpful, you can use that long enough breath again, slightly longer exhale. And we'll have the next two minutes in stillness and silence, just noticing the breath.
And we'll start to close this practice section. And in some way you like to close your practice, you can do that. I like to just take a moment to bring hands in prayer and bow the mind to the heart and to each other. And we'll move back to our discussion space for a little bit. All right, who reached Samadhi? Anybody? You gotta, you gotta pay for that. You gotta upgrade, and then you can have Samadhi. <laughs> no. <laughs> Samadhi is free. Uh, so. We got to explore some things there. We got to explore different types of stretching, different types of breathing, getting non-structured in our group practice and it's getting more space and permission for you to kind of listen to your body. So if you wanna share anything about your practice or any thoughts or perspective or questions, uh, you can just come off mute and go ahead or type in the chat. I'll give a little space for us to process anything you noticed about your experience. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm too relaxed to say anything. I need a nap now. <laughs> That's yeah, I get that. <laughs> uh, so, is this uh, familiar to people? I know some of you are very experienced. Is there anything in here that was new or a different perspective than you've had before? Or anything that uh, you might want to explore more in your own practice? Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you, first of all. Um, and I think, um, yeah, just using the pressure of the hands to activate the muscles. I've never done that before, so I think that's really, that's, that's, uh, that's really good. <laughs> yeah, I'd be really happy to take that uh, with me for sure. Yeah. yeah, and you can do it at any muscle in the body. And it's really interesting because it's basically getting your brain to pay full attention to that muscle and activate more muscle fibers. And then when you let it go, it also lets go of that activation. But sometimes it's like your shoulder might be holding tension all throughout the day and you don't even notice. And then you put attention on it, you tense it up even more. Now, brain is like fully aware of it and then it's like oh well, let's let all these muscle fibers relax 
and then some of these deeper tensions relax. Um, but a lot of it is like we don't even know until we notice it, we put attention on it, and then it can relax. And, and that happens throughout the whole body. And we all have our like uh, points, like for me, it's my shoulder, my back. Uh, some people, it's their hips, their neck, right? And it just kind of uh, unconsciously accumulates, like get a little tense read some bad news, right? And then you don't even think about it and your body is back in that tension. Uh, so having even a little check-in every day is moving for a few minutes, kind of, okay, everything still works. All right. <laughs> uh, it's a really helpful practice. I have a question. Yes. So the, um, so the activation, I think I'm, I'm, I'm lost all so that, activation and the resistance they go hand in hand or are they completely separate so the resistance was very interesting like the resisting of the bringing the knees in and pressing away with the hands that was very interesting yeah yeah it's um some muscles like that it's uh it like you can contract your hip flexors just by lifting your leg like just doing this is contracting the hip flexors. But when you add resistance, now your body has to recruit more muscle fibers, like pretty much the whole muscle and muscle group uh, more actively. So you get more mind-muscle connection when you add resistance than if you, if I just like curl my bicep, that's activating some of the muscles, but when I add resistance, now it's activating much more, if not all of it, then it's way easier to stretch those muscles because I've got the mind-muscle connection on. Uh, mm -hmm. So resistance helps a lot. The resistance actually activated a lot of my abdominals as well. <laughs> yeah, and it's, yeah, and it will activate the supporting muscle groups too, usually. Um, so it's, it's not isolating things and that's mm -hmm. good because our body actually doesn't work in isolated muscles like that. Thank you for that, Mary. Anyone else want to share anything or questions, experiences? Um, yeah. So I had quite a few observations. I was just thinking, it seems like too many, uh, but I'd share that one around the activate and the through the mind muscle connection. I found really interesting. It's something I've certainly heard you talk about on the podcast, but I think that's probably the first time I felt like I've sort of been walked through it and I found that really useful. Um, and yeah, I definitely want to do that some more. So thank you for that. Um, and then just some things I noticed, like, um, there's a, it's interesting just how much you receive some information when it's done like that. So at one point, right at the beginning, you said all tension is neurological. And I was just kind of fascinated by that. And it, it actually made a lot of sense. And it just, it's interesting. You just have that couple of words that you can be so much more receptive to you when you kind of slow down in a practice. Um, and again, kind of connecting in with intention about when to practice being about attention. And very interesting that the last point I was going to make on it was the 
that following along or doing what I felt like was really nice. Like it was really um, sort of good to have that freedom to do either and either be absolutely fine. So it, it felt more like do my own thing at the beginning and then I kind of joined in a bit more and it was, I really enjoyed that too. So yeah, thank you for that. Mm. Beautiful, thank you. Yeah, that was mind blowing. The first time I learned that all tension is neurological completely changed how I think about, you know, you think you're stretching a muscle that can release the muscle tension. But you can't do that if your brain is not in a relaxed, present, receptive state to it. And there's part of your brain that's saying, no, no I need to hold that tension for some reason, that stress, trauma, whatever. Um, yeah. And, Appreciate that reflection and glad it was resonant for you. Thank you. Ketty? So um, this here is the same muscles, right? Like you put tension on say the hamstrings and then you stretch them. But then with, when you think about like the antagonistic, that's the opposite, right? Yeah. So are you gonna talk about that too? <laughs> Yeah, that was the thing I was talking about. Reciprocal inhibition is the okay. phrase of that. So that's like, uh, well, I can show easier sitting here. It's like, I want to stretch my triceps. I can just bend my elbow that, that lengthens those muscles. But if I want to stretch them like more fully, like if there's some deep tension in it, it's not coming out. I can contract the opposite muscle because a lot of the muscles kind of work like pulleys in your body, the biceps, the triceps. So if I focus on contracting the bicep, that will, like, just by doing that, you know, I have to lengthen my, my opposite muscle, the triceps, right? So this works throughout the whole body. So it, yeah, I can do the actual motion that's going to stretch the triceps. But then if I activate the opposite muscle group, and do that motion now i'm getting like a full um full lengthening of all the muscle fibers in that area and that's what we're doing with the glutes like i can go into hip extension that is the the hip flexors the front of the hip is lengthening but if i focus on contracting the glutes now there's really uh it's very, very difficult for me to keep holding tension in the front when I'm activating so much in the back. So if you've got like deep held tension in your hip flexors, that's a way that anatomically, like it just has to relax when you do that. That's why it's called reciprocal inhibition because it's uh, inhibiting this muscle from being contracted because this one's contracted. And I can't keep that contracted and do this. Like it has to relax. If you want to try this, anybody watching, like you can try to contract your glutes by bringing your leg back and then try to keep it contracted as you bring your knee in. It's just impossible because uh, this muscle is now active and this muscle has to relax. You can use your hands and feel that too if you're trying it. Uh, 
this is why sometimes teachers will say things like activate this muscle like <laughs> chair pose your hip flexors are contracted your glutes are lengthened you know i've heard teachers say like activate your glutes here well your outer glutes are working a little bit but like you actually physically can't activate your glutes here so the more you know about the anatomy in the body like the more you're aware of like oh if I activate this muscle here, it's gonna allow this thing to open. Or if the teacher says something, it's like, well, that's not actually possible here. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Is that helpful, Keddy? Cool. So the use of this is like when you wake up and you've got some sort of tension in your body, these are different ways to work with it beyond just just stretch it out, you know? That's kind of the level one version of what yoga can be, is stretching everything out. But uh, as I learned many years ago, like I had this neck tension that kept coming up. I kept doing every possible angle of stretch I could get on it. And it was just making it worse. Because at a certain point, your body starts to be like, what's happening? Like, why am I being pulled all the time? And your body actually will kind of contract to defend itself it'll hold tension of like if i went and kind of yanked your arm your body's first response would be to like pull back protect yourself uh, so if you keep stretching all the time it has that effect where your body is like starts to get kind of protected from stretching and uh, you get these sort of tensions build up in your body so you've got to do contractions too. all the muscles function their best when they contract and lengthen if you just do one or the other, you're going to have issues. You see with like bodybuilders, you can't like take their shirt off. <laughs> uh, it's just too much tension all the time. Or, um, you know, in yoga poses, it can be like hypermobility, your elbows going beyond straight. And uh, it can be injury in poses, overstretching things. Laura, do you have a question? Yeah, I just, um, I didn't want to interrupt because I found it so interesting, but I, it connects in. And I just wondered if you could say a bit more about something I experienced connecting in with this, which is um, over the last few years, my shoulders have got quite rounded, quite poor posture, quite um, just lengthened kind of back muscles. So I was working quite hard to really kind of stretch back into a better posture for a while. And um, I was working quite hard on this and I was sometimes wake up in the morning completely like, crunch back into the other position it was I almost felt like it was an elastic band to just pull back again would do you think that's that it's just like the why am I being pulled and it now is contracting the other way yeah it's your body starts to adapt mm. and the great thing about that is it can adapt the other way over time too mm. um but it's it's stress it's repetitive motions it's um whatever you're doing the majority of your time so like moving the majority of your time is always a good idea mm. <laughs> and not getting locked into any particular pattern and then doing if you're like in a job or a position where you're doing a lot of one motion to do a lot of the opposite motion in your practice mm. to balance it out um yeah like if you worked at a desk all day and then only did ashtanga yoga that's a really bad combination because uh, it's a lot of um, 
forward folds in Ashtanga yoga. And the people say Ashtanga yoga is the best. The people who do it love it. And it's, this is the way to do it. Uh, but it's again, like knowing this sort of when, where, and why to do things, not just how to do them because somebody said it. Um, so like in that case for you, I would be doing more like heart openers, back bends. Yeah. And working with, that. Yeah. yeah. And the contract yeah. and release kind of stuff all around that area. That I could do learning a bit more about, but that is useful. I'll make a note of that too. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, so I'm going to shift gears a little bit. If we have any other thoughts or questions, let me know before we move on. So we are on page 13 of the workbook, if you're following along and uh, you have the download now, if you wanna follow, open that up or just take notes, whatever works for you. So the focus of today is going from shallow to deep practice and we'll kind of define what that is. So most yoga teaching emphasizes the how, how to do warrior three, how to find balance in the pose, how to activate the muscles involved in the pose, which is very important, but so are the other factors that are often left out, like when, where, and why to do these poses and techniques. Uh, so that's a bit of what we've been exploring today in our practice. And I could tell you what I think about this based on my experience, but words don't teach, experience does. So that's why I had so much experience in the practice today. And we'll go into more about all that. But one of the experiences that has helped me learn the most about my own practice is learning how to teach other people. And I know some of you already are teachers here, but when you do that, this means that you know not just how to do the pose, but when, where, and why to do the poses and techniques. Because everything in yoga has an energetic effect. And in order to teach a sequence of yoga to someone else, you need to have a sense of the energetic effect each pose and technique will have. Uh, so this is knowing like child's pose makes sense towards the beginning and end of a sequence in general. Uh, standing poses make sense more in the middle of a sequence in general. But if, if you come into practice or come to your mat and you need to move, starting laying down doesn't make sense. Right. So it's really adapting moment to moment, day to day of like, what does my body need more so than like, what is the teacher saying I should do? Or what did I hear is the best way to do yoga? <laughs> uh, you know, this is something I've learned a lot in my diet as well. So many times over the years, I would read a book, a very convincing book about why this is the best diet and then start doing it and feel great for a couple of weeks. And then my body is like, I need something else. And then I feel like there's something wrong with me because I didn't do the diet right. But it's it's not that, it's that your body has needs and the real skill, the mastery that we're developing in yoga is what does your body need? How do you provide that? And like you're saying, Laura, like your body's giving you feedback of there's, you're going into an imbalance in one direction. So to, to maintain sort of ease of motion, freedom of range of motion, feeling good and healthy, your body needs something else. It needs like back bends, heart openers, 
releasing tension in that area. Uh, but somebody else who is in a different position, it's kind of rare, but there are, it could be a position where they, they're doing too much of the back bending action. That's less common, but then they would benefit from more forward bending and different actions. So it's really about finding what works best moment to moment. And when you learn how to teach someone else, you have to learn all those things. Like you can't teach someone if you don't know those things. Uh, you can, but like you're really not teaching that well. Uh, and I remember the first, my, before my first yoga teacher training, thinking I can never be a teacher, I'm not ready to teach others. I just want to learn yoga to deepen my own practice. And I remember the first time I was asked to teach others, I, I froze up and my mind went blank. But then I just started talking and I realized that I knew more than I thought. And I realized that if I really wanted to deepen my own practice, there would be no better way to learn yoga as a student than to learn it so well that I could teach it. Because I quickly realized like I didn't know what to say or how to do something and, and I wanted to learn. It's like, oh, how do I do that? How do I talk about this? Or why does that teacher say you should activate your glutes in this pose or not activate your glutes in that pose? So this is what we're exploring today. And uh, I shared some of these practices, these lesser known methods, which are about releasing tension in your body, but it's also about building strength. And I want to give you this experience today of kind of going out of your comfort zone and teaching others, of teaching each other here. <laughs> yes, all of you, so uh, putting you on the spot. And uh, you'll quickly kind of see where your blind spots are, what's not clear. And even if you never want to teach anybody ever again after today, that's fine. Uh, but I think you'll you'll quickly find, oh my gosh, I don't know why we're doing this or what this is about or how to say this or why to do that pose. And that's the goal. So that you realize, oh, I actually would really love to learn more about anatomy or philosophy or the chakras or whatever topic is interesting or that you would like to be able to talk about more when you're teaching. Uh, and in the teacher trainings that I lead, I always start on the first day of people teach other people because you learn so much so fast when you do that. We're gonna do that in a minute here. Uh, and we'll go over these next couple of pages um, after that. But then page 18, and again, you can just take notes or if you have the workbook, we'll, we'll have space to write in this. So you're gonna do this uh, after your time teaching each other. And what you're gonna teach, for those of you who did part one, you can uh, share like those are your requests. So for example, if you saw that you have high vata dosha and you could benefit from more grounding, you could tell your teacher like, uh, I would, you know, so you're gonna have time to ask each other requests. So you could tell your teacher, uh, uh, what would benefit me is probably a more grounding practice, like not as active, uh, slower, gentler. Or you might say what would benefit you is more active, standing postures, flowing. Um, and the person you're working with might have never taught anybody anything. So just be graceful and be kind to each other about it. I'm sure you will. Uh, but this is an opportunity to kind of explore what it's like to be put on the spot to teach somebody. And for those of you who already taught and are teachers, then try something that you're not comfortable with yet, something that is outside of what you typically teach. 
explore something. This is an opportunity to be a beginner again and not um, need to impress anybody. You're not trying to do it right. You're just uh, exploring what would be helpful to somebody. So if you're not able to participate, uh, you could type in the chat, let me know. Those of you who are off video, maybe you might not be able to participate in this. I'm gonna do breakout rooms and then you'll just, you'll start by saying, uh, what would you like to work on today <laughs> or something like that? Or what requests do you have? And the person A will teach for five minutes give a little feedback to each other, and then person B will teach for five minutes and give feedback, and then we'll come back together. Any questions about that process? Okay, thank you, Kenda. Sounds scary, yes. <laughs> but you're gonna feel amazing on the other side to know that you're able to do it. I think, it's my judgment. I could be wrong. Setting up the breakout rooms. So this is choosing at random and I'll put Terry and Kenda together since you're not able to participate right now. And I've opened the room, so you're ready to break out five minutes each way. So a total of about 12 to 15 minutes. Hey Jesse. Hey, Jesse. Hi. I had Stephen with you, but he uh, I don't think he's able to join now. You get to be my student? Yes. Yay. <laughs> that feels a little unfair, but I'll do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have a lot to learn. So what would you like Perfect. to learn today, Jeremy? Hmm. How are you feeling? Feel good. I um 
Let's see. I think just like a simple grounding practice would be great. Mm, nice simple grounding practice. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll start in a little meditation. Just great. One minute breath work. Um, I love to do four part breathing, the box breathing. So I'll have you cool. nice and comfy. And then when you're ready, you can start to inhale. I'm going to count to four, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, inhale, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four. I'm going to add in a little bit extra where you're going to hold your breath at the top for a four count. And on your exhalation, you're going to release the breath and hold it out for a four count. So when you're ready, inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four. You can do a couple more rounds on your own. Your next inhalation, blink, open your eyes nice and slow, let the light in and start to make small circular movements, your torso to the right, to the front, left. You can bring your back so it's, you're starting to arch forward, maybe stick your belly out, your lean back. And you go in the opposite direction. Feel free to be exact as exaggerated as you want this to be. A couple more rounds. Yeah, nice neck circles. And then come to hands and knees. Or a couple cat cows, breathing in and looking up, dropping your belly down to the floor. Exhale, round your spine, tailbone drops down to the floor. A few more rounds with your own breath. your next exhalation, I'm going to bring your hips back into a big old awkward downward dog. I like to keep my knees really bent in the first downward dog. Yeah. I try and bring my belly to the thighs. That's good. And if you want to, you can start to straighten out your legs, pedal out your heels, drop your neck down, 
Shake your head yes, gentle yes. Shake your head no. And try and find some stillness for a couple breaths. Next inhalation, look between your hands and slowly walk, tiptoe your feet between your hands. And hang out here, big old forward bend, belly to thighs. Drop your neck down, let your head, your ears hang between your arms, between your forearms. You can sway side to side if that feels nice. Play around with where the pressure is in your feet. Maybe you find something releases if you lean more into your toes versus back into your heels. I even like to play around with the, putting pressure on the inner part of my feet versus the outer part of my feet. I find that I put a lot of pressure on the outer parts of my feet. Your next inhalation, slowly one vertebra at a time, rise up. So your head is the last thing that comes over your neck. Reach your arms up nice and high, stretch up, up, up. Look up and exhale, hands together into Samasthiti. That's five minutes. Yay, <laughs> <what> do. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Perfect. For yeah, thank you. That's awesome. Are you feeling was, grounded? Yeah, I feel great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Do you have uh, any requests? Um, yeah, actually, I don't know a whole lot about, I want to get more into like chakra energy, like learning more about the chakras in general. Um, so anything to do with like chakra energy, but right now I feel like I was told by a a healer I went to recently that my my solar plexus is my yellow chakra is blocked and I've been trying to like do energy work on my solar plexus is that what it's called yeah, yeah. manipura it's uh, yellow it's yeah it's solar plexus navel yeah yellow <laughs> <laughs> great okay So let's find a uh, uh, kneeling posture if that's comfortable for you. Great. And allow your breath to move down to your lower belly so you feel belly expand on the inhales. And with your exhales, try to empty out your bellies. And Deeper exhale, so you're really pulling your belly in on the exhale. And just normal inhales.
And we'll use the lion's breath here briefly. So your hands are on your knees, inhale through the nose and you exhale, you stick your tongue out with a big ha. From your navel. Normal breath for a moment here. So I'm sharing a couple of techniques for activating uh, navel. Some of them will resonate more than others. So that's one. The next is the, um, you, you curl your tongue and you inhale through your tongue in three sips. And so it's like, and then uh, exhale through the mouth. Uh, so, sort of a sighing out. Now your focus is on the navel, continue like that. So that's technique number two. <laughs> number three is you have your arms open out, palms up. You keep your arms here through this whole practice. So all these techniques are coming from my training in Kundalini Yoga. And uh, we'll inhale through the nose in three sips and then exhale through an O shape in your mouth. It's called a cannon breath. So inhaling through the nose. And the exhale is forceful, like a cannon shooting out. Okay, we'll let that one go. And just breathe. Relaxed breath into your belly, arms relaxed. And uh, 
we won't do this one, but the other one is uh, Bastrika breath, or uh, not Bastrika, but uh, Kapalabhati, Shining Skull breath. You probably know that one, uh, Breath of Fire. Mm -hmm. you, your exhale is like a pulse in on your belly. Uh, your arms are wherever is comfortable. And it's like a passive inhale and then an active exhale through the nose. And an inhale through the nose and relax the breath, the normal breath again. All right, so the four techniques you can explore all activate the solar plexus chakra. Uh, tongue when you're breathing in through your tongue, are you making like a, like a, almost like you're sipping through a straw? Yeah, like uh, not everybody can do that. You can do it though. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. All this like eighth grade humor. <laughs> it's advanced tongue yoga. <laughs> can you uh, do the thing with a cherry, your tongue? Mm -hmm. uh, Oh, make a knot so. with a stem okay no is that real i feel like people people make that up <laughs> that's my I, don't, of that. I think so <laughs> probably <laughs> thank uh, you yeah and laughter is so good for the belly too yeah that's what i needed too thank you for my levity that's what i needed <laughs> great all right let's go back to the room okay see you Laura, where's your kitty? Uh, sorry, did you see the kitty or kitty? <laughs> mm -hmm. Where's your kitten? I call all cats uh, kittens, all dogs. Uh, I tend to call them all kitty. He's gone, actually. I'm not sure. Gone. I'm actually house sitting. He's not mine. Um, but he's been very oh. sweet. Two of them, there's a smaller version too. Uh, I'm actually confused because my partner there was Ketty. So I thought you said it was Ketty. We got off. That's why I'm like, you know that. You're responsible for her too, don't you know? <laughs> but yeah, she got cut off. Um, but yeah, I'm rejoining. So hopefully we'll rejoin it, I guess. Um, Everybody should jump back in a second here. There we go. Oh, he's bringing us back. Oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> it was awesome. Oh. Thank you. Nadia was fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Oh, great. Great job. Thank you. I hope I didn't say too many, too much rubbish, really. <laughs> it was perfect. It was great. Thank awesome. you. Thank you for your patience. 
Congratulations. Will you want to tell us what that was like teaching for the first time? Me? Yes. Um, well, I think I have to give a little bit of um, background. Yeah. And um, as I was saying to Kelly, I've got this secret dream of um, being a yoga teacher. <laughs> and um, I live in Madagascar and I've been living all over the, well, in a few places um, in the last few years where I have not had access to uh, teaching, like being able to follow a teacher or go to a class physically. So I've been doing a lot of uh, the internet and uh, I've been asked by this um, orphan orphanage where I work uh, as a volunteer to try and teach the kids there some yoga. So mm -hmm. I basically started doing that um, and I'm enjoying it very much. And especially that they don't speak French and <laughs> I don't speak Malagasy, so it's a bit complicated. And so I've kind of been teaching and this is the first time I'm teaching in English, which is not my first language either. And I found that awesome, but really scary at the same time. And mm. this is where I wanted to go. Like when I said, uh, when we started, I'm looking for growth. Um, yeah, this is exactly it. And basically when you said we're going to teach, I just wanted to shut the screen and run away. And I said, <laughs> no, <laughs> you came here to deepen your practice. And so just do it. Awesome. Congratulations. Very Thank cool. you. And that's beautiful intention you have to teach. And uh, I'm sure, well, you can get a, your first review here from Kelly. What was that like? I have to tell you, it was wonderful. Um, Nadia, your voice is beautiful. Just, just, on a, just for an aesthetic purpose. The sound of your voice when you were teaching was calm. You paused at the right times. Um, I needed a very relaxing, grounding pose that was taught beautifully and clearly. You didn't use too many words. It was really wonderful. And I, I felt very lucky that we got in the group together um, because of that. I thought it was wonderful. Thank you so much for, for doing that and for fighting that fear because uh, mm. you did a great job. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me because I was also terrified to be um, paired with uh, a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> well. No, I think you were better than I was. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you were saying you know you hadn't spoken in English before. I think that's a kind of a, it was it was good because you did pause when it's the it's your language you you can just start saying words without really truly understanding the meaning. And I think you were thinking of the meaning of the words you were telling me while you were teaching me. And I thought that was great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Beautiful. Anyone else want to share any experience? Um, I'll just say real quick, I was with Jesse. So you can watch the replay, watch our class too. Jesse is a beautiful teacher, it's perfect. That's what I needed. 
and we did some uh, third chakra stuff I taught for her. So you can check that out on the replay. Uh, anyone else want to share your experience teaching or being a student with this? Go ahead, Mary. Okay, so I just wanted to thank um, Evie for uh, walking me through I, the practice. It was a short practice, a short flow, but I, when she inquired as to what I needed, I said it was more like a slow flow, but, you know, to get into all my, all my joints, and she managed to do that. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was very nice. Thank you. Awesome. I don't know what I did here. I just want to say, like, I, you know, I'm a brand new teacher. So at first when I was like, well, this isn't fair. I'm with Jeremy. <laughs> and I was like, well, this is really not fair. Jeremy. One-on-one. <laughs> -on -one. <laughs> so thank you for being receptive. Uh, <laughs> um, thanks also for sharing your practice with me. It was very nice. I enjoyed it. Awesome. Yeah, you did, um, did amazing. Uh, so I just want to move, got about nine minutes still together today, and moved on to the some things in the workbook I wanted to share today. So I made this little grid on page 16. So we're talking about deep practice. Everybody says I want to deepen my yoga practice, but what does that really mean? I've done my best to try to explain it or try to give a, a sort of way to say, well, am I doing a deep practice or not? And this little grid here. Uh, so this is uh, maybe my best way of attempting to try to explain what it could be. So you could be somewhere on this grid of like interoception, like in your body, like interoception means awareness of what's happening in my body. Like we know I feel hungry or I feel tired, but it's things are more subtle in the yoga practice of like, uh, I'm noticing I'm distracted or I'm repeating this thought or this fear, or I have this tension in my left uh, TFL when I externally rotate my leg, right? So it's like this awareness that can get very, very deep of like what's happening in a pose. And then there's the attention of just being present and not thinking about everything else, but just bring all your attention and energy into that moment. This is like um, the energy of the, the teacher Thich Nhat Hanh is a spiritual teacher I've always really liked and appreciated. He passed away, I think a year or two ago, but he was a Vietnamese monk. He won the Nobel Peace Prize in the sixties. People would talk about when he walked in a room, everybody would feel it. Like you just turn and look like, was some something happened like you could feel the shift in the room because of he spent his whole life cultivating his attention and presence that when he walks in a room you feel it <clears throat> and that is one of the skills i think we're really cultivating in yoga and meditation so that's i think the two most tangible things we can really influence of like awareness of our bodies and and being intentional with our attention like we talked about last week. And at the peak of that would be what I think is a deep practice, which is being in flow and growing. There's your word, grow. 
but it's not just being in flow. It's like you're also experiencing growth, and that is actually part of flow and like the flow science and studies and stuff. Uh, that you you are kind of at your edge of like learning things. It's like what we just did. You you go to your edge of like teaching somebody for the first time, teaching a stranger. There is growth in that, and you get to the other side of like, oh my gosh, that was doable. I did it, and even did it well. So there's growth in that. And if we don't have growth, we don't have this level of attention where we have to be sharp and embodiment where we have to be really present in our bodies. Uh, and then the opposite end of that would be a shallow practice, not a deep, but shallow practice, where you're just kind of going through the motions. And like you can be doing every asana the teacher says in a class, but you don't really feel it in your body. You're distracted. You're just thinking about work the whole time that's a shallow practice then there, you could be very much in your body and but not really present this is what you see at the gym a lot people are just working out they're just like all about their appearance and aesthetics and taking pictures and selfies they're very active but they're distracted and this can happen in more physical asana like ashtanga and vinyasa and power it can happen more likely because it's so body-based where you can be really doing everything, but you're not really present. Uh, and then the opposite end of that is overthinking it, where you're just all in your mind, and but you're not in your body. And that would look like just kind of being just distracted. Um, well, not necessarily distracted, but like you're, you're just thinking the whole time about the practice or thinking about things. So you're very active in your head, but uh, your body, you're not really feeling it. And this was more what started to happen when I did a lot of meditation and Kundalini yoga early on in my training, where it's very uh, mentally a lot happening, but my body's just like sitting still the whole time and uh, not really feeling things, not really addressing physical things. So the goal, I think, in my model, and encourage you to test it, disagree, to find your own thing, is a deep practice would be this depth of attention, depth of presence in your body. And this creates a flow state where you're in flow and you're growing and you're learning new things, you're trying new things. Uh, and you can kind of assess where you feel like you're at right now. Uh, it's and not just yoga practice, but maybe like in like gardening, like in, in your home or in your time with your family or in your work. It's just all work, work, work. And you're, you're just like, I don't actually like this job. <laughs> so it's just all doing it. Or maybe you're like thinking about making a career change and you're just all in your head of like, what if this, what about that? What if, should I do this? Um, but in your body, it's just like, I gotta get out of here. But you're just in your head the whole time of like, oh, I can't do it, or I'm not sure, am I ready? Is this the right time? Uh, so that's overthinking it. So I think this can apply in everything, not just yoga asana practice, but you know, yoga life practice. <clears throat> I just wanna pause if there's any thoughts or questions about that before I move on to the next page. Pretty straightforward. Cool. 
So that's just another assessment tool uh, and model. And then here, uh, we won't have time today to go into this, but I left space for you to, to take notes about the effects of what we did in the practice today. So we did active stretching, passive stretching, dynamic, DNF. Uh, we didn't do self myofascial release, myo muscle, fascia, the muscle sheaths and release you know, tension in the muscles of the body. It's just a fancy word for that. Where you use things like foam rollers, uh, therapy balls, uh, different like pressure techniques on muscles. Very valuable tool to use, uh, but we didn't use that one today. Uh, the PNF stretching, that's like when we add the resistance and then we stretch. Dynamic stretching is like going in and out of the stretch. Passive is just holding it, like you're just, just holding the stretch. And then active would be like, um, it's basically the, um, the, the reciprocal inhibition thing I talked about. So active, like not just stretching my tricep, but I'm activating the opposite muscle. So that's um, versus just stretching passively. We did the long enough breath, the longer exhales. The opposite of that is Brahmana breath, the longer inhales, which has the opposite effect. Like if you're gonna go into a meeting or you need to be driving late at night, or you need to stay alert for a training or something, emphasize the inhales. So slightly longer inhales as a Brahmana effect is more activating, more energizing. Longana, more calming and uh, relaxing, but Notice for yourself, right? I'm telling you the general consensus, my experience, it's normal and okay if you have a different experience. So you've got space to kind of write about your experience with these things. Um, I find the dynamic stretches are more favorable in the morning when you're kind of warming up and you're not as warmed up and open. And uh, the passive stretching more safe and effective in the evening when your body's warmed up, you've been moving all day. I find my body is the most flexible at night when I practice yoga at night, uh, most tense in the morning when I just woke up. And then space here on page 18 to just write about some of your strengths and opportunities to grow. Like what did you do well in your teaching and in your experience of the practice today too? Like what, what do you feel are some of your strengths? Like maybe you do feel like you are very embodied. It's very easy for you to feel proprioception of what's happening or interoception what's happening in your body it is very easy for you to focus or maybe the opportunity is like oh my gosh all i could think about was work the whole time so an opportunity would be to focus your attention more and just by having that awareness it becomes clear like well what could i do to focus my attention meditate there's a certain meditation you like or certain practices that help you do that uh, it becomes obvious when you just have the awareness of what the actual issue is. I like the, um, the idea that naming the problem is like 90% of solving the problem. So if you notice there is something that is off or you're not, oh, I wish I knew more about anatomy or uh, like Jesse said about the, the chakras, it's, oh, I wish I knew more about it. That's very clear. Okay, can I find a book? Can I find a course? Is there a teacher I can work with? Uh, and 
I'll be laying out all of that in the next training on Thursday of like a roadmap. So there's things that you don't know that you don't know until you talk to a teacher that teaches you them. So there's going to be things on the roadmap that you're like, I didn't even know that was something to explore. Uh, so this today is working with you, what you know that you don't know. It's like, oh, I'm seeing I have a gap in my knowledge about anatomy. I'd like to learn that more. And Thursday will be more about the things you might not know that you don't know that are like, I didn't even know that was something to learn about yoga. That stuff is really interesting. So we'll be talking about that on Thursday, kind of laying out a roadmap of where you can go from here to keep deepening your practice for the rest of your life if you want. Uh, but we're at time. If you need to go, great. If you want to talk a little bit, uh, thoughts, questions, feedback, I'm here. We can hang out and talk. Um, go ahead. Anybody wants to jump off mute, uh, uh, talk about anything I just shared there. I know I just shared a lot in a short time there. Thank you, Jeremy. I missed the last 30 minutes. I had a delivery that showed up a lot earlier than it was supposed to, so I got interrupted. So I'll have to do your replay and see what I missed. But thank right. you anyways, it was great. Thank you, Terry, great to see you. We'll see you on Thursday. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jesse. Bye. Bye, Mary. Yeah, thank you again. Thank you, Jeremy, but also Ketty as well. That was very, very helpful. Um, both of you were very helpful with the shoulder issues too. So thank you both. And I will head off now and see you next time, hopefully. Awesome. Bye, Laura. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Ketty. Thanks very much, Jeremy. I've got to head off and catch some uh, sleep before yes. my daughter wakes up. Thank and, you for staying um, up with us. No, I mean, I'm, I'm so, so, so glad I did. And um, yeah, as I said, <clears throat> I need to, um, to grow. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. I, I really don't have any other word to, um, to, to express it. And I think that's, that's, that's the best place I could start. And uh, I really love your podcast. And that's where I found out about this, uh, this course. So thanks very much. Uh, thank you. Thank you for being here. Bye for now. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Big thank you from me as well. And yeah, thank you for the opportunity to teach today as well, because I'm actually going to do a first online class uh, in two days and I never was teaching online. So this was a great like first opportunity. And <laughs> oh, perfect. That was quite funny. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, you got a little experience now, so it won't be as scary next time. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's a bit, uh, it's, it's definitely different, but <laughs> yes. yeah, thank you. Thank so, you. See you on Thursday. Right. Bye. Bye.